Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. To be heard. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, I normally would take a verse of Scripture and stay inside that verse for a while. I'm going to share multiple verses of Scripture, but this will be our main text. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Don't Be Scared. Pray with me. God, thank you for hope. Thank you for faith. God, thank you for courage. Lord, I pray that you would inspire us today. Father, I pray that you would anoint me to say what you would have me to say. God, I ask you now once again to speak to us. From your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. The world has just lost its mind. The world over this coronavirus, and I'm going to speak this morning about the coronavirus because the Bible says that we ought to be wise to be able to discern the times and know what we ought to do about them. The man of God should always uh, be as if it were to have a Bible in one hand and the local current newspaper in the other. We need to know what's going on in the earth. Now, it doesn't mean we need to focus on it. Our, our roots are not in this life. Our roots are not in this world. They're in heaven. But I want you, as you inundate your mind with CNN and Fox and MSNBC, as you inundate your mind with the fears and, 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 and the worrying that everybody else is putting on you, I want you to hear from God. Is anybody ready? Oh, they're in such a panic. It seems like every day some, some wild, crazy thing happens. They came out. I mean, they, they sent three text messages or emails to me in one day this past week from Clay County Superintendent of Schools. A brother needs to make up his mind. One day, I get this, I get this email. To all concerned parents, we just want you to know that we are taking extra sanitary measures and we have increased our sanitation in our schools. We know everyone has concerns about the, uh, the coronavirus, but we, we, we are cleaning our schools. I'm thinking, what, y'all had a pigsty? Y'all got one janitor in the whole school? Y'all double working him now? What's he got? He's going from eight hours a day to nine and a half? I'm thinking, okay, well, praise the Lord. You're cleaning your school. That's great. Uh, then... Hour or two later, another email, alert. Because we're near the end of our grading period and there's only one week left before spring break and most grades have been finalized already, all parents who are concerned about their students attending Clay County schools, uh, attendance is optional. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm about to be 57 years old, but I remember 40 years ago, I was 17. If they would have told me, Attendance is optional. Yeah, I didn't hear what you wrote. I heard what I heard. No school. I'm thinking, 
They said all, excuse, all absences will be excused. It won't affect their grade. I'm thinking, you can't, you can't even tell me that at 56. I'm going to look at my kids and tell them, hey, stay up, party. Just don't burn the house down. Weather's good. The beach is open. What are we talking about? Well, I guess then they realized, how stupid do we look with that? Hour later, alert, email, parent notification. In an attempt to protect everyone from the bubonic plague, we've decided to close all schools. Now, next week was, you know, the week that parents were like, okay, well, this is my last week with them in school. They're about to get a week off for spring break. You know, I'm going to have to lock down, find some babysitters. I'm going to have to get some extra food in the house, all this other stuff. And then they're like, no optional anymore. You can't even send them. Because I'm thinking, okay, and y'all have heard me say this before. My heart is to single parent. I was raised by a single parent. I am a single parent. I understand the difficulties. That's not saying I'm mad at y'all double parents. Y'all just got twice as much money and twice as many hands to help. And that's a good thing. Your children ought to be twice blessed by it because, uh, you, you know, you got somebody to share the load. But these single parents out there who, who are, are trying to make one check stretch for multiple people and they don't have money to be feeding all these kids and, and, and they paid it into taxes and they paid into Social Security in their lifetime and they're a member of, of, of this country um, and they, they get the uh, free lunch for their children, because we're a compassionate nation, and, and we, we try to help each other where we can. Uh, listen, how are they going to get that lunch? How are they going to get that breakfast? And I'm thinking, okay, well, we need to spend more time praying, because this you, you, anytime they give kids extra days off school, so long story short, kids are getting two weeks spring break this year instead of one. Uh, and, and listen, I hope, you do you. You do what you want to do. But if you want to lock them in your home and not let them go outside and do anything for, for fear of the boogeyman, uh, then I want you to really hear some things uh, that God has to say today. I, I went last night not because I really needed anything, because I don't keep groceries in my house. Um, but I told Seth, I said, hey, man, let's take a ride. Let's, uh, let's go check out this Walmart everybody's talking about. Uh, I live in Eagle Landing in the Oakleaf area, and they, they're, they're Walmart on Brandonfield, uh, I heard, was a train wreck. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, they, they say they're out of toilet paper. I'm thinking, it's Walmart. And I, I told Seth, I said, man, let's get some, let's get some, let's get some money online. I said, you want to you bet whether or not get, they got a stretch of toilet paper in there? We weren't really going to bet. I mean, his, I give him the money, so what, what would I win? <laughs> but... So we were talking about that because uh, Deacon Scott Mills had told a story. Because Deacon Scott Mills, listen, if, if Costco, if you ever hear Costco needs a national spokesperson, there ain't no, no better spokesperson. Look at him. He's waving already. I ain't even said it yet. There ain't no better national spokesperson for Costco. God's heaven truth. I personally, I'm not a hater. I've just never been in a Costco store in my whole life. Never walked in one. I, not, I, ain't, mad, I ain't mad at it. But, and, you know, maybe I should, uh, according, according to Uncle Scott, uh, it's the greatest place in the world. Uh, <laughs> it's a good place? So Deacon Scott tells me the funniest story I heard about this whole toilet paper. He's like, I'm in Costco, and I need to get some toilet paper. You know, you got 311 people living in his home. Most of them are women. You got to have toilet paper. And 
So, but I'm thinking, you know, Costco. Now, I'm guessing it's kind of like Sam's. Now, I've been in Sam's. Big old bulk store, you know, 90-foot-tall ceilings, a billion square feet, stuff everywhere, and 1,000 per roll packages. So I'm thinking, you know, Costco got pallets of stuff. He said there were two packs of toilet paper left. And the sign said, limit two. So he's like, okay, well, that, that, he's walking to it. And he catches this woman walking to it. Homegirl starts fast-stepping him. Well, Deacon Scott was, was uh, he's a retired Navy chief. He knows how to put the step out, so he starts fast-stepping her. But because he's saved and loves the Lord, he told her, I only need one, and you can have the other one. You good with that? She said, I'm good with that. So they took the last two rolls of toilet paper out of the Costco. So I'm like, I got to see this firsthand self. Let's take a ride. Let's get up into this Walmart, um, which is normally overcrowded. And listen, these people need some help managerially. Uh, if you've ever been to the Walmart on Brandonfield, I'm guessing it's the same way across the world, uh, 9,000 people in there, 7,500 people in each line because there's only, are you ready for it, one line, two at the most. And I, I tell them every time, y'all might want to consider opening up one of these 34 lanes y'all built. Why did they build 34 cash registers in a Walmart? Anybody ever seen more than six of them open at one time? Because I haven't, but maybe that's just me. So we get in there, and I'm going to tell you all what. It literally, if you haven't been, this is a field trip for you. This is free. Take your kids there and laugh. I'm taking pictures. And, and I wasn't the only one. There were people in there laughing, filming. Uh, there are people in there vlogging this thing. Look, look. And if you don't know about the toilet paper aisle in the Walmart on Brandonfield, it's huge. It, it's it's double-sided, stacked to the ceiling, and packed. Well, last night, 10 o'clock, when I was in there, empty, smooth out, not a roll anywhere, not a roll in the back. One man was saying, I'll buy these shop towels. <laughs> Jimmy Carlton said they're washable. <laughs> Seth said, Dad, what are shop towels? I said, think of paper towels that are real thick that are going to clog that man's septic system up, and he ain't going to be able to flush the toilet after he tries to cram one of them shop towels down in there. But it was crazy. Meat racks gone. Cereal aisle. If you've never seen the cereal aisle at Walmart, now that's impressive. I, I, I do like that. There's 79,000 different types of cereal in bags or boxes. I mean, in every size, they got the little ones, the big ones, the giant ones that, listen, don't really fit good in a pantry. Let me just say that. When we get the big giant one, I got racks in my pantry because we do keep cereal in the house. Lucky Charms because that's what everybody ought to eat. And <laughs> when we get the big box of Lucky Charms because we got the rack here, and, and, and the shelf here and the shelf there, it won't fit between the shelves. I'm thinking, why did they measure these shelves to fit a box of cereal? But anyway, they got all kinds of cereal in there. Not last night. Wiped out. 
wiped out. So we're going and we're looking at all these empty racks of cereal, and it eek, screech. I slam on brakes, and I just start laughing. I call Seth. Uh, I said, you got to see this, bro. Look at this right here. All the... Look, all this kashi is still on the shelf. The looters, the thieves wouldn't even take it. It ain't worth eating. They, they wouldn't take this. Dinner. They'd rather starve to death than eat kashi. Packed side to side, front to back. Ain't a box that had been bought ever. You better check the expiration date you buy kashi. Because the hillbillies at Walmart don't want it. I got to know because I'm curious. And I'm not mad at you. And laughter, the Bible says laughter does the heart good like a medicine. Uh, folk need to be laughing right now, not panicking. But I, I just need to know, because some, some of y'all, y'all know, y'all might be the healthiest person on the planet, and that ain't me. Uh, as far as, no, I'm healthy, but I ain't eating kashi. How many of y'all eat kashi? It's so funny. I thank God for your honesty. All three of them women that I just saw raise their hand went like this. Here's the good news, ladies. They got it at Walmart by the pallet load. Get you some all you want. You ain't going to get no Lucky Charms, though. Fruit Loops is out. Cocoa Pebbles don't exist there. They, uh, hey, I'm going to tell you what. Raisin Bran don't even live there no more. She can get you some Kashi. It was, it was wild, and I just started talking to the people in there, and I'm asking, is it, is it really come to this? Is this what we're about? I mean, you, you, you're so worried I, because there were people going online talking about how they just bought 12 cases of toilet paper. Like, you having some kind of party I don't know about? I mean, what, what are you going to do with 12 cases of toilet and, 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 and I said that to somebody in Walmart, and they said, well, you know, I mean, well, well, what would you do if it all ran out? I said, well, you know, I'm pretty creative. And, 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 and worse come to worse, I'll just look up the address of one of these people are posting online how proud they are about buying 48 cases of toilet paper, and I'm going to take it. <laughs> Pastor, listen, man's got to do what a man's got to do. Fear is going crazy. The president of France, <laughs> they do what they got to do over there. I'm glad I live in America. They, they just ordered all restaurants cafes, and retail shops closed. Could you imagine ha having the party place booked up five nights in a row with good paying people, and they're like, oh, y'all going to shut that party place down because, you know, uh, uh, 0.0000123 people have died, uh, and you'd be thinking, well, that point zero ain't coming to the party place. Y'all better leave me open. Can't go to a restaurant. I mean, the, the panic. School's closing down. I can't. First thought in my mind was when they said two-week spring break, because we do this every year anyway. We, we travel. We go, thank God we already went to an NBA game this year. Because they canceled the NBA. Or we'd be traveling seeing the NBA right now. Thank God we went to the first day of spring training baseball in South Florida, because that's over. I'm thinking, my goodness, the, 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 what, what, what else, what are we going to cancel next? They shut down, listen, cover your ears, Amber. They shut down Disney World. <laughs> no, not, not in Orlando, did they, Amber? Is, is that just in California or is that here? That is wild. 
That is wild, wilder than imagination, especially for me. Because when Gail was sick, uh, Amber was, was young and didn't have her own baby. And so she was helping us raise ours. And she, she lived in our home and, and helped with the kids, helped raise my children. And we go to Disney World all the time because, listen, if, if Scott Mills could be the national spokesperson for Costco, 7,000 times that Amber could be the national spokeswoman for him. Yeah, you want to know something about Disney World? You, you ask Amber because Amber's got on lockdown. We didn't even get maps. I mean, you know, you used to get them, they give you a map going in the front door. I'm like, I got Amber. I don't need this map. Well, I don't know what y'all talking about. She, 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 she probably correct y'all's map for you and, and tell you what, where, where they move. But we used to go to Disney World all the time. Well, we went down there one year. All of Gail's family came down from Pennsylvania. You remember that trip, Amber? Uh, and, and they had a hurricane. Punta Gorda got wiped off the map that year. I mean, we were staying um, uh, in, in, in the Orlando, Kissimmee area off that road where all, all the uh, big time shares are. And we were staying in a resort, and there was no gas in Orlando and Kissimmee. Uh, we pulled up the, the last gas, and it was wild. The last gas station that happened to have gas was in front of uh, the, the, the community, the resort community we're staying in. It was a 7-Eleven. And there were people backing up trying to get the last drive. I mean, there was just hurricane damage. And we were like, okay, well, you know, we, we're going to have to get enough gas to get to Disney World and figure out how we're going to get home because uh, we're going to Disney World tomorrow. I mean, Grandmama was there, aunts and uncles, cousins. Uh, we're going to Disney World, and we're going to make the best out of this. We went to Disney World. Now, now listen, the whole city of Orlando, all of Kissimmee, all of the surrounding areas looked like a war zone, looked like third world country. Trees down, power out, no telephone service not working, cell phones not getting reception, no gas at the gas pumps. We get inside Disney World. So God's heaven truth, not a leaf out of place. Am I, am I telling the truth? And we started joking. It's like Disney World don't even let God fade them with a hurricane. It's like they just put a bubble around this place. and like, no, not us. We're Disney World. There wasn't a leaf down. There wasn't a sign blown over. There wasn't a puddle of water on the ground. The rest of the whole city was flooded and underwater. Listen, I'm going to tell you, when, when they start closing Disney World, they are panicking. Hey, Rick said Universal, not all the money. All that shut down, I'm telling you, fear is spreading like crazy. But I want to tell you this. We are not like others, the Bible says, who have no hope. We trust in the Lord. So I'm thinking, you know, what's next, man? If we follow France deal and they just closed every restaurant, think about what that's doing to local business owners. Dean and Scott used to own their own restaurant. Think about what that would have done. You're preparing for the big weekend crowd, and, and, and you know, the, the city of Steamboat Rock, Iowa, decides no pizza restaurants this weekend. I mean, these people, they, they are doing so much damage to the economy around the world by shutting everything down. Carnival Cruise Line suspended all cruises. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, Carnival's got deep pockets, but I've been on a lot of cruises in my lifetime, and I've been on cruises on the same ships 
sometimes and met some of the same people sometimes and I'm a people person and I talk to people and I, we had one of the same you go if you've been on a cruise you go to the formal nighttime dinner and they got the the people serving you there and you get the same waiter every night and so I was asking this dude I just asked him for real uh, I said hey, let me ask you this because we'd been talking about lots of different things and I'm like why don't any Americans work on this cruise ship and he laughed he said Americans won't do this job and he was from some island country, and he said, Americans won't do this job. I'm like, why not? We got all kinds of jobs in America. And he told me how they sleep. They sleep in racks in the engine room with the noise and the heat. They don't eat the food that the cruise people eat. They, they got a slop kitchen down there that they barely feed these people. And then they tell them that their pay is mostly eaten up in room and board, and they only give them a couple dollars a month. And he said, we, we, we all work on this ship, live on this ship to send money home to our family in very poor country, and I'm thinking. First, first thing I thought of when they told me Carnival Cruise Line shut down, suspended all the cruises, I'm thinking about, what about my boy Enrique's family? They're counting on that 50 bucks a month he's sending home so they can eat. This panic is gonna have all types of spiraling effects. And you know what's gonna happen. You, you, know, you know what's gonna happen, because these, these elections, these po politics have become so hateful, so ugly in America, you, you know what's going to happen. Uh, all, all, all the Republicans are going to be saying the economy is crippled because of the Democrats wouldn't, wouldn't pass this, and the Democrats are going to say the economy is crippled because Trump's a thief. Uh, and it, it's just going to be all this mudslinging. And listen, I, want, I said all that to say this. It's all rooted in this insane level of fear. Here's the reality. You don't have to buy 48 rolls of toilet paper from the Walmart. You can go to the kangaroo gas station and wipe your butt for free. Ain't that right? You can go to the Cecil Field. Talk to me, D. You can go to the Cecil Field gym. Basketball. They got a bathroom in there? They got toilet paper in there? Where I'm heading. It's just not that serious. You're like, Pastor, you shouldn't make light of this. People are dying. I, and I'm not making light of, of it. It's real. And I'm not saying it's not real. But I'm saying fear doesn't need to take over the mind of the believer. We, we, we don't sorrow as others who have no hope. And I want to talk to you today about some practical things on how to deal with this coronavirus from the Word of God. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. I want to tell you something. You trust in the Lord. You don't have to worry about coronavirus, Ebola, the HIVO, nothing. You don't have to worry about no thing that's causing everybody else to panic. I'll give it to you in a more modern translation. That, that's the way I grew up reading it. Let me give, let me give the same verse in, in a more modern translation. Isaiah 26, 3, same verse says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, who all whose thoughts are fixed on you. If you are given to fear, if you are given to panic, if you are concerned, nervous, or worried, if things like this eat at you, if you're not the guy, you know, t telling the waitress, or, or you know, there's a man waiter we had, uh, Jeff, if you're not the guy telling Jeff while he's waiting on your table uh, at the restaurant, uh, sneeze in my food if you want to, because I'm trying to get some, uh, some coronavirus tonight to take home. Uh, I'm just joking and, and, and saying things. If that's not you, if you're given to all this fear and concern, I want you to remember God said, if you will fix your thoughts 
on God, if you will trust in God, he will give you what? Perfect peace. Don't let your mind get strayed by this or anything else in life. Students, don't let your mind get strayed about, about those tests. Don't let, don't let your mind get frayed and frazzled. Prepare. Do the best you can. Listen, we got to be practical, but we also got to be prayerful. We, we got we to be smart, but we also have to fix our thoughts on God, and we've got to believe in God because here's what happens even for believers. Fear manifests in your mind when you start believing what others are saying more than what God has said. Y'all didn't hear me. You, when, when you start believing what others are saying, Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God has said what he said. God's not going to change his mind about it. It's already established. It's already solid. Jesus said, though heaven and earth pass away, H1N1 virus, Ebola, bubonic plague, polio, typhoid, whatever, uh, whatever kind. Jesus said, no matter what happens, heaven and earth might pass away. Everything on the whole world might change. He said, but my word will endure forever. And in certain times and in certain times, believers ought to hold on to the word of God because it's unchanging. People sitting there worrying, worrying, worrying. Uh, stock market just falling through the floor. People panic selling. I, sh I showed my sister one, one account that I've got uh, that, that, that went from here. And in four days, it went from here to chopped in half. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Pastor, what are you going to do? I said, well, you know, it's, thank God it ain't, it ain't everything. And then later that night, it went from chopped in half to even down lower. And I, and I sent her that text, and I'm like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild on, on his face right now. And, and people are freaking out. Um, don't freak out. I came to tell you today, be strong and of a good courage. Trust in the Lord. His word is settled. Believe what God said more than what people are saying. People walk around, and this is why I ain't big on cliche folk, and that's why I always, you know, I'll give you a hint. If, if you come off with too many churchisms to me, it's going to cause me to wonder, you know, where you're really at. If, if I ask you how you're doing, and, and you give me that, that old church, and now if it's you, if it's really you, keep saying it. If it's really you, because there's truth to it, then keep believing it. Uh, but believe it with all your heart. When, people, when I ask people, hey, what's up, how you doing? Oh, Lord, Pastor Scott, I'm so blessed. I'm just excited. I'm fired up. I'm, I'm, I'm on top of the world because I'm up there with Jesus in heaven. I, my, my God, he made a place for me in heaven, and, and heaven is my home, and I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm always above, never beneath. I'm ahead, not to tell. No weapon formed against me. And they go into all that long stuff, but then they're buying 900 rolls of toilet paper at the Walmart in a panic. How do these things live together? How do these things Live together. You get all that in you. You come up out of your prayer closet. You come up out of your word. You come up strong in faith. And you know the Lord my God is with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You come up with all that faith, power, and victory. And then you hear somebody say, things are bad. And you just break down crying. How did you so quickly forget what God said, which never changes, to embrace what the newsman is saying? 
If you don't hear anything I'm saying to you this morning, I want you to make sure that you hold on to what God has said. What God has said will not change. It'll be the same today, tomorrow, or next year. If a nuclear bomb hits Jacksonville today, what God said will still endure. If the whole world dies, what God said will still endure. Don't let what the world, your mind, or the media or is saying ever change what you believe about what God said. I believe God has a plan for my life. And I believe God has a plan for your life. And I don't believe anything in the world can impact that. Because one of the earliest things, and I've told you all this many times, one of the earliest doctrines that my heart laid hold of, and I thank God that he rooted it in me, and that he, I, I've never wavered in my belief in this simple concept and truth of God's word that God is in control. Can you believe that? God is in control. Oh, the stock market's going down. What, 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 what's the government going to do? God is in control. Oh, the wrong person just got elected. Uh, to, 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 God is in control. Do, do y'all know? And listen, some of y'all voted for him. And I ain't mad at you. Vote, vote your conscience. Vote who you want to vote for. My, my king's in heaven. But uh, we as a state of Florida um, came within 1,000 votes in, in the last gubernatorial election of electing uh, Andrew Gillum as our governor. Anybody remember that name? Y'all saw them Gillum signs everywhere. Uh, some of y'all vote, voted for, for Mayor of Tallahassee, Gillum, who'd been under federal indictment for the last three years, and people still voted for him anyway, and he almost won the, the governorship of the state of Florida. Well, uh, it, it, it sure would have been a black eye on, on the state of Florida if, if he had been the governor of our state when, when a few days ago they, they caught him buck naked in, in a hotel room with, with his gay lover doing crystal meth. Read the news. Look it up. You're like, I can't believe I voted for him now. That's why I don't freak out. <laughs> Ms. Irene said he's better than what? Oh. Um. People, for, oh, my God, they just, the, the wrong person just won president. Oh, my God, the wrong person just won governor. You don't know. That other person might have been about to get caught in a hotel buck naked doing crystal meth with their gay lover. <laughs> the funniest part of it to me, and I'm going to move off of this. Listen, I ain't mad at him. It could have been any of them, and it probably is most of them. Could have just been easy, uh, what's the boy's name, DeSantis. They might throw him up on the news next week. None that's going to move me. None of that's going to change me. That's why I don't get freaked out about who wins elections. Uh, but but the, one, the one thing that did, that, that did crack me up, because I live in a world where, where I am racially conscious and racially sensitive, and I'm not one of these, listen, when I say it, you can believe it. And, and, and every person of color in the room knows right now, every black person in this room knows for sure, if a white person says, oh, my gosh, Mr. Wyatt, um, I have lots of black friends. You know what that means? How many of y'all know what that means? Every black person in the room knows what that means. That, that, that's, that's just the, that's their hood. They're, they're covering their face. They're, they're hiding their racism. But when I say it, you, 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 can, tell, you can look around and talk to people and, and, and know that my best friends come in all shapes and in all colors and the people that I love. So, so I, I have to be conscious about this thing. And as I, as I watched Gillum run for governor, he, he was like, we, we have to elect 
uh, this strong black man to be the first black governor of, of the state of Florida. And listen, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Jacksonville had to finally get his first black sheriff not too many years ago in our lifetime. That's going to happen. Uh, the world is, is, is evolving. Pe people are growing up and opening their eyes and, and, and their understanding. Uh, get the most qualified person. Don't just keep electing Bubba all the time. And, and, and it's going to happen, but everything he, he came across, I'm a man of the people, and I'll represent our community well, and, 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 and African Americans won't be uh, forgotten in, in Tallahassee when I'm the governor of the state of Florida. I told you the last thing I'm going to say about it because it just cracked me up. Uh, when the report came out, and he was laid up high on crystal meth, butt naked with his white gay lover. I thought, oh, wow. You represent, ain't you? You, you campaign on representing being a man of the people. I see who people you represent clearly. That ain't funny to y'all. I'm going to get back to this panic, but that's just, I'm like, you couldn't have just made yourself look no worse right there. People are freaking out. People are freaking out about everything. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I voted for him, and now he's doing this. The guy that won's probably doing it today. You just ain't made a newspaper yet. I don't put my faith in people. I put my faith in God. That's why I'm not shaken. The Bible says whatever can be shaken will be shaken. I stand here to you today, 213 pounds in my Timberlands, right here before you now, uh, feet planted on this stage. The Bible says what can be moved will be moved. I stand flat-footed to you today, and I let you know as the hymn writer and as the scripture says, I will not be moved. Bother me. I'm panic, live my life crazy for people. You say, well, don't you believe it's real? Of course it's real. Don't you believe people are dying? Of course people are dying. But my faith is not in politicians to find the answer. Oh, my God, when's Trump going to solve uh coronavirus my faith ain't in him never was when, 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 when is the congress going to do something to to fix this my faith is not in them to fix anything my faith is flat-footed in the lord and and i know that god is in control this 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 doctrine that god put in me this truth that he's in control the theological term is sovereign say sovereign i want you to understand and embrace the truth of Scripture that God is sovereign. I want you to get it so bad. I, I, I put in the notes. I, I copied paste this whole definition for it. I'm going to read it for you uh, right now. It's long, but listen to it. The sovereignty of God means that he has total control of all things. Say all things. Past, present, and future. Who has total control of all things? Past, present, future. God does because he's sovereign. Nothing happens that is out of his knowledge and out of his control. The Hebrews said this then and still say it now. If he allowed it, he did it. Because he allowed it to happen, he caused it to happen because he is the one in control. Our God is not a reactor. Our God is a causer. Our God is not a responder. Our God is the one who sets all things in motion. Every, everything is in his control. Nothing happens that is out of his knowledge and control. 
all things are either caused by him or allowed by him for his own purposes and through his perfect will and timing. There's some scriptures to back that up. He's the only absolute and omnipotent ruler of the universe and is sovereign in creation, providence, and redemption. I want to tell you something. God is not shaking in heaven wondering what he's going to do now to help coronavirus. God is in control of everything because God is sovereign. And if you would just get that, you ought to just tell yourself every time you're worried about something, God's in control. I, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm a little excited. Gas prices are going down. Well, we get we we get we got to have this big big natural disaster for for gas prices to go down. Hey, I'll take it how I can get it. I spend a lot of money on gas, um, but gas prices go up, gas prices go down. God's still in control. Disease come, disease go. God's still in control. The flu kills over sixty thousand people every year in this country. Ain't nobody worrying, wondering. Oh, I wonder if I should shake it. His hand, he might have the flu. Man, get you some Alka-Seltzer Cold Plus medicine. Get you some Theraflu. Get you whatever you get. Get you some prayer and Holy Ghost. Stop freaking out. Stop panicking. God is in control. God is the supreme authority. Everything is under his control. Ephesians 1.11 says, Furthermore, because we're united with Christ, we have received an inheritance for God. For he chose us in advance. Listen to this last part. And he makes everything work out according to what? His plan. You think God don't have a plan with all this? You think it's just got the creator of heaven shaking in his boots where, oh, no, oh, me. He didn't say, oh, God. He said, oh, me. Oh, me, oh, me. What am I going to do? No, God is not up in heaven saying, oh, me, what am I going to do? He's working this out according to his plan. Psalm 115.3 says, our God is in the heavens. And he does as he wishes. The, 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 the scripture says in one version, he works all things according to the counsel of his own goodwill. Yeah, the Bible says that God, what his soul desires, that he does, and he takes advice from no one. God ain't sitting there waiting on some congressperson to come up with a plan to, to get more toilet paper to the average American. Listen, worst come to worst, you just deal with it. Just, just, just on, on, on a raw note. Some people in this room had mamas and daddies that never used a stretch of toilet paper in their life. Well, what are we going to do if all the toilet paper runs out? The world existed for thousands of years without toilet paper. We'll figure it out. We'll get by. Well, what if, what if, what if they turn the electricity off? Same speech. Same speech. There are people in this room whose parents never had electricity and they live just fine and they didn't need drugs to wake them up and drugs to put them to sleep they woke up when the sun came up and they went to bed when it got dark and the world existed for thousands and thousands and thousands of years i remember when my grandparents poor dirt farmers cotton soybean in rural louisiana lived in a shack used the bathroom in the barn I remember when they built, we called it the big house, the only house they'd ever built. It was up, up, up the dirt road from the barn. They had the funniest, I, I used to laugh at it. Every time I go into the bathroom at my grandparents' house when I was a little kid, you remember that nickel sign, Dina? They had a little box hanging on the wall, 
And it said, it cost us a lot of money to move this bathroom inside this house. Please deposit five cents. And I thought, that is so funny. But to his dying day, my grandfather never one time used the bathroom in that toilet. He didn't have to bring a nickel with him. He still got up out of that house and walked all the way down the dirt road into the barn because that's where he had done his business his whole life. He made an interesting point. I'm going to move on. I'm going to get back into it. So just take this as, for what it's worth. He said it was unnatural to do that 12 feet away from where he laid his head at night. And that's why he went to the bar. Something to think about. Something to think about. I heard people say cliches all my life. Don't poop where you eat. What are you talking about? We do that every day. In the same house under the same roof. But hear what I'm saying. Whatever comes our way, God will still be in control. God will work it out according to his plan. Let me give you the, the, the most read verse, the most quoted verse, the verse every, every church person lo loves to quote while they're freaking out and buying all the toilet paper out of Walmart and all this good cereal and leaving the kashi on the shelf. Romans 8, 28. <laughs> and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Oh, church people love to, to just pull that out of the pocket and quote that. Oh, well, you know, all things work together for good, Pastor. God, God, God's working it out according to his purpose. Well, why, why doesn't that impact you when, when you're freaking out because something's going on with your child or with your marriage? Why doesn't that impact you when you're freaking out because there's something going on with, with a virus? Why doesn't that impact you? Is, is the scripture still true today? It's forever established, the Bible says. It can't, God has said that he is working all these things together according to his purpose. Now, I've had to live through this in some hard ways in my life because I believe the Bible. And my, my, my experience does not sway my belief in the Bible because I'm always going to choose to believe what God's Word says over my experience and over my intellect. There are times in my life where I've had to say, God, I know that this Word is true even though I don't like it. I know this Word is true, God, even though I don't understand it. When, when I watched the wife of my dreams Spend 19 months dying little by little in front of me every day. When she went from a five foot, she said five foot and a half inch. That made her feel good. Uh, she might have been five, four, eleven and a half inch. But uh, when, when I saw her go from this, this tall and 125 pounds, a healthy, gorgeous woman, to, to burying her at 72 pounds, most painful event in my life before, then, after, and still to this day, when, when, when I had to be be put this scripture in front of my eyes and then and, and when I buried her and, and, and some of y'all were there when, 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 they, when they put the dirt on her and everybody drove off and left me and I sat on that dirt patch at Holly Hill Funeral Home on Old Jenny's Road and just cried for over an hour as the man with the bulldozer sat there and watched me and my friend Rob Walker sat there with me when everybody else drove off. Hundreds of people were there. An hour later, I'm still sitting there crying and, and the man finally came over to me and he said, Sir... I, I, I don't mean to be insensitive to your grief, but we have got to close this up. And when I threw the last piece of dirt on top of that box that they buried her in, and I went home, and I thought, God, how is this? How is this working out for good? How, how, how is this your plan for me? How is this? Well, I work at all things. You got this in your plan, God, for me. 
for my children, for this church. And I had to wipe my eyes and understand, yes. Do you hear me? Yes. That's the plan. Well, how can it? No, that's not the plan. That's the devil's plan. Oh, the devil overtook God's plan. That's your theology teaches you that. The devil slapped God to the ground, stole God's word, changed it, and, and made his own plan. God, all things, except when it don't feel good. No, that's not what it says. All things, as long as we like it. No, that's not what it says. All, it don't make sense to me. It's wreaked more devastation in my life than any event you could possibly imagine. But I know this for sure. In every situation that I've ever been through, every situation that I'm going through, every situation that I will ever go through, God is still working everything out for good according to His plan. I wish I had five people that believed in the faithfulness of God, in the sovereignty of God, in the midst of uncertain times. As a believer, I told you we got to deal with this coronavirus practically and prayerfully. Let me talk to you about practically for a second. Take your precautions. Wash your hands. But cough into your, your sleeve. Don't, 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 don't stand next to somebody when they're having a cough and sneezing fit and they don't have common sense to cover their mouth. But hear what the experts say. And they keep saying this, and it's like nobody's hearing it. They keep saying this. The TV people keep saying this. If you are reasonably healthy and you are not 80 or older, Keep living your life. You're getting close over there. <laughs> they was with me when Jeff was sneezing in my food in that, in that barbecue shack in, in, uh, uh, in Fleming Island. What night was that? Friday night. It was bad when, when people almost 80 got to remind you what night it was. <laughs> getting close, but you ain't, you ain't there. They said... Live your life. Take normal precautions. Use sanitary guidelines. Use good hygiene. But go out and live your life. Do you realize this? More people, I heard, I heard the leading expert on the planet uh, say how horrible it was that they quarantined all those people on that cruise ship. He said staying inside is a, a vacuum and, and a feeding frenzy for virus. He said that recirculated air that's already sick and they keep pumping it into those rooms where they had them people on lockdown. They couldn't get outside away from all them other sick people. They couldn't get outside and breathe God's clean oxygen. They couldn't get outside. Listen, stop panicking. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to buy me nine million rolls of toilet paper, seven gallons of milk, and I'm just staying in my house forever. You in there breathing stale air. Get out there. Going out there with... Deacon Ken and Diane, eat, eat you some big old fat greasy onion rings, some, some, some pulled pork. Go, go, go. If you are, listen, if you're younger than Uncle Ken, you probably ain't going to get hit by this hard. Now, these stats are going to change, and I understand this. But, but, but as of last week, the only people that died in the state of Florida from coronavirus were all over 80. We got people in their 20s hiding in the house with 12 cases of toilet paper. I'm not saying it's not real and it won't impact you and it won't be sick. 
Uh, I dare say in the medical field. Man, I've been reading about all this stuff, and you know all this stuff well because you're, you're the expert in it. You live this thing. And if this thing hits the way all the panic mongers think it's going to hit, we don't have hospital beds for everybody. And every nurse in the world. We, y'all, y'all pray for Brenda Jackson. I mean, I hope somebody in this room knows Brenda. How many of y'all know Brenda? All right, y'all know her son just, just, just had a fall. It got hurt. Keep, keep Anthony in prayer. He's, he's home. He's released from the hospital. Uh, but I want you to keep Brenda in prayer. Brenda works in the medical industry. Her whole facility is locked down, and they can't leave now because somebody got diagnosed. Listen, you work in a hospital, you work in a medical facility, they have one person in that building get, get positive test for coronavirus. Not only are they not sending him home, they ain't sending you home. And I'm thinking, Lord God, protect these medical workers. You're going to make them stay in there with that recirculated bad air? And the experts are already saying don't do that. Man, if you know anybody in the medical industry, you better be praying for them. You, you think, ooh, man, I, I don't like to keep the nursery because those little children, they come in sick, and I'll catch that and take that home to my house. But think about these people that work in the medical industry all day, every day, walking in, checking on patients that, that, that have all types of stuff. Man, they got to be big faith people. You better take your faith with you out there. You better, you better stay walking your faith. Everybody in this room that works in, in a medical profession, you're around them coughing sick people all the time. Uh, I had to go. I, I made a hospital visit this past week uh, to St. Vincent's on Brandon Field, and it was late at night, and there, there was a young man sitting there, and they had masks everywhere. I said, man, you up in here? Uh, I said, there was nobody in there. I said, I know you're glad this waiting room's empty, and you ain't got people in here coughing on you. He said, bro, when they start coughing, I point to that mask rack. And I tell them to put that mask rack on. But the experts are saying, if you are reasonably healthy and you are under 80 years old, go and live your life. Listen, I don't care if you're 85 and, and, and got sciatica and hiccups. Still live your life. If you're 105 and you got gout and, 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 and 900 other things we don't understand, live your life, Christian God is in control. We got to be practical. We, we, got, we got to take some steps. We, we, we got to understand that. We got to be wise. We got to understand the times and know what to do. But, but more than even being practical, we got to be prayerful. Pray, church. Pray. I've been telling you since we started this church. Amber was there the day we started this church, almost 19 years ago, 18 plus years ago. She won them 16 people uh, that, that, that we started this church. And I've been, I've been saying since that day in June, first weekend in June of 2001, I've been telling people, God's people need to pray more. God's people need to pray more. We need to, you want to know how to deal with this issue? Deal with it practically, but also deal with it prayerfully. Are you praying or are you worrying? The Bible says don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. The, the, see, this, 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 this virus is not only viral in the way it's spreading, but it has produced a viral fear. Fear has become viral across the planet. Across the planet. Schools shutting down. Businesses shutting down. Healthy folk. Listen, I, I, I heard one preacher this past week was, was, was glorying. And listen, don't glory in anything but the cross. Don't glory in anything but Jesus. Don't, 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 don't let your race be your God. Uh, listen, white people, stop thinking you're better than somebody because of the color of your skin. You didn't do anything to be born the way you were born. And that don't make you better than anybody else. 
And nothing more, nothing more funny to me than arrogant white people that don't have three nickels to rub together. <laughs> no education. Bad teeth. Ugly. But walking around feeling like they're better than somebody else. That make no sense at all. But, but this, this particular preacher is African-American, and, you know, he's re really into the whole African thing. And, and, and he was rejoicing and had his whole church jumping up and down rejoicing because at least the, 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 the mother, mother Africa hadn't had nobody. This ain't, this ain't come nigh to Africa, he said. So I Googled it. Do you realize Africa, first and foremost, is a continent with a whole lot of countries in it? I Googled it. I'm like, has this come nigh to Africa? God got a special bubble around Africa like Walt Disney put around Walt Disney? <laughs> 17 different countries in Africa already had people, people get sick and die from coronavirus. It, it, you shouldn't have your trust in your color, your country, your race, Amen. your ethnicity. You shouldn't have your trust in your money. You shouldn't have your trust in your ability. You should have your trust in God. All those other things will fade. You might, you might be all that in a bag of chips right now. You might be the sharpest knife in the drawer right now. Yay, listen, trust me on this. You're going to get old. That's why I tell people, hey, don't just concentrate on how fine they are. Because fine gets lines. Right, go ahead and tell me black don't crack. And 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 and, 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 and Asian don't don't get old. Hey, look at Grandmama real close. Next time you think that, don't 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 put trust in how awesome you are. Uh, listen, I, people people ask me about losing weight. Y'all heard me say it so many times. I'm comfortable in my fat. I'm 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 just you know I'm. Uh, there's times every now and then you know I gotta bend way down there and tie these terms. Uh, thing got to go. But I don't need no diet plan. I don't need no diet plan. I ain't trying to be out there with no six-pack, eight-pack, bulletproof abs. Because I can tell you this, eventually, Mr. Uh, perfect Body, Deacon West, I got to tell you, bro, you work out hard. <laughs> you got, you, you know, you're putting it all together. You get up around my age, son. How old are you? Oh, you done broke fever? You look good for 50 years old. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you still got some, some, some growing to do. Hey, he ain't always going to be this strong, Nixon. He ain't always, always going to look this good. He, he's going to get older. You believe that, right? You're going to love him anyway, though, right? I mean, he's already bald-headed. I mean, once <laughs> you still love him. You, you, you love him as Henry. You love him by his government name, which I ain't going to tell everybody. You love him by his government name? All that. Listen, don't put confidence in your looks, your ability, your ethnicity, your talent, your intellect. Your, your, oh, well, I, I washed all my doorknobs twice today. Well, good for you. You still better pray. God is stronger than Lysol. God is, God is better than intellectual prowess. We, th this right here, this, this virus has created a viral fear, and, and the answer to viral fear is a viral faith. Mm, Y'all not hearing me. The answer to this viral fear that is sweeping our country is viral faith. 
You ought to just rise up and let people know. I ain't moved. If I live, I live for the Lord. If I die, I'll die for the Lord. Whether I live, whether I die, make me no difference. Well, how can you say that? Because I know that I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. I know that he rose, and because he rose, I will rise. I know that heaven is my eternal resting place. I know it's better over there than it is over here. I want to tell you this in closing. I believe that this whole thing is a setup by God. I believe this whole thing has been ordained by God. I believe that God is working this whole thing out as a, listen, wake-up call. A wake-up call to his church. A wake-up call to casual Christianity. A wake-up call to no-praying believers. A wake-up call to people sitting back saying, one day I'm going to get right with God. A wake-up call to say, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. We Listen, adversity don't hurt the church. Adversity helps the church. I remember Amber was there. I remember uh, Jake was in in. in diapers and didn't know what was going on but on 9-11 you know, listen, some of y'all don't even know the year of 9-11 but you know when someone says 9-11 you know what they're talking about you know what they're talking about they're talking about 9-11-2001 I watched it a member from the church called me up and said pastor you seeing this I'm like dude 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting here in my underwear drinking, drink, drinking soda. What, are you, what am I seeing? He turned the TV on. I turned the TV on. I saw that. Oh, my God. I'm on the phone with this dude when the second plane hit. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. What is happening? They coming on the newscast. We've been attacked. We've been attacked. The Muslims are invading America. They're going to destroy our country, the whole world. People start freaking out. My phone just start ringing, ringing. I got to go, man. Phone ring, ring. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So I thought, well, what should we do? And we ended up doing it. I remember it because we had church. People that were there early can tell you, we had church all the time. We had church. There were times we had church seven nights a week. We were always, we were in constant revival. We were in constant celebration. Uh, but it was a Tuesday, and we didn't have church that night. It stood out in my mind, stays in my mind, because we didn't have church that night. So we did what so many other churches did that night. And we said, let's all meet up to the church and pray. See, that's, that's, the, value, that's the value of having 20 people in your church. <laughs> you know them all. You can call them and say, let, let's, let's meet up to the, to the church. And you, you, you just got them all on, on, on you so shoot them all a text message. I don't even know if we had texting back then. Did we have texting in 01? We had to call him like a human being then. But the adversity didn't hurt the church. Adversity draws people in. What's going to happen if the economy crumbles? Let me tell you something. The economy crumbles, the church is going to fill up. Now, they ain't going to be coming for a handout, I mean, but at least these seats won't be empty. Adversity is designed to drive people to their knees. You really want to find out? Talk, talk to some older African-American people. You, you want to you find, find out how a people endured in a nation that was against them for so long because they sang songs to God, they rallied to God, they held on to their faith, they lifted up their voice to God and asked God to spare them. And we need to take a lesson right now from people who have been through adversity and understand that, that the adversity doesn't cripple the church. Adversity drives the church to its knees. 
So my question to you in closing today is, are you going to do what God would call you to do? Are you going to pray? Are you going to worry? Are you going to pray? Are you just going to be practical? Oh, well, I'm buying up all the Lysol. I got hand sanitizer. I saw a comedian on, on, on Facebook. Uh, he, he, did his little, he did a little uh, uh, recording thing, and he, he said, I got the answer. I know there's no hand sanitizer out there. Everybody's bought it all up, so I'm here to help because y'all know I'm in your corner. He said, I'm selling yeah, this little side thing. He said, I, I've, got, I've got these. I got a lot of these. I'm selling them right now because I love you for $147.50 each. <laughs> yeah, you better buy three. Prayer is better than hand sanitizer. I'm not saying don't wash your hands. Do what you got to do. Prayer is better than Lysol. I'm not saying spray your counters down. But why would we be so fast to run and buy hand sanitizer and Lysol and toilet paper? And we haven't bent our knee yet to pray and ask God. We are the blood-bought church. We are the people of God. We are the ones who God has put his spirit inside and called us to have faith in him. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. I told you it's a setup. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, listen, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. It's a setup. It's a setup for a kneel down. It's a setup for praying people. It's a setup for a wake up call that says, you know what? The God who can fix this told me I can talk to him. Why are we ignoring that? Why, why are we not on our knees asking God to do what he said he would do when we've got the answer? He said, if we would humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then, when is then, church? After. Stop wondering when the government's going to fix something when the church ain't on their knees. This doesn't happen. This land will not be healed. Uh, so I, Somebody called me. Somebody sent me a text. You know, somebody, somebody said some, some doctor, some scientist, somebody has, has found a cure for coronavirus. They can't get that cure out fast enough. But God can bring healing fast enough. They can't get that cure out to stop people from worrying. But God can overcome worry if we just put our faith in Him. Our opening verse, and I'm done. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I preach this verse many times, and I've told you many times. God don't want you to be scared. You read through the Scripture over and over. God says, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Be strong and of a good courage. Trust in me and I will be your strength. He, we, we, we say these things because they're true and they're out of the Bible. And, and, and if, I just, if I just wanted to wind you up in your emotions and hoop to you and, and get you shouting and screaming, I, I, I could just turn on the church and, and, and play acting that these other pastors are doing and, and just ask you, ain't he a good God? Uh-huh. Ain't, ain't, ain't he all right? Ain't, he's, ain't, ain't, ain't he a, a shelter in a time of a storm? Ain't he a, ain't he a, is he a cleft in the rock? We say all these things, but do we hide in him? The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run to it and are safe. 
I don't need extra toilet paper. I got extra God on my side. I don't need all these things that everybody is saying and freaking out and worrying about. I am going to continue. Listen, if you have fear, I come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the resurrected Son of God, and I tell you, stop being afraid. That's not from God. It's not God's plan for you to be afraid of COVID-19, coronavirus, anything. God didn't give you that. That is not for you. That is not for his child. That, that is not for you. There is nothing that we need to fear because we believe in the one who is greater than anything we could ever possibly fear. He said he's given us a spirit of power. He put his Holy Spirit inside of every believer. You got power to overcome your fear. You just got to choose to trust in him. He put in us a spirit of love. You, you, you got power to love everybody, even the ones you ain't forgiven yet. You need, you need to step into that. And listen, the last thing he said, he gave us a, spe- a sound mind. Whenever you feel your mind being harmed, whether it's through bitterness, unforgiveness, whether it's through worry, whether it's through anxiety, whether it's through, listen, I know what it's like. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. I know what it's like to have somebody in hospice that you care about. I know what it's like to have somebody barely holding on. I know what it's like. I three times had a doctor call me in the hallway, a nurse, uh, and, and, and say, we want you to sign this do not resuscitate order because all your wife's vital, or all, all her organs are shutting down, and it would be, it, it would be un, inhumane to resuscitate her at this point. Uh, but we need, your, need you to sign this. And I'm like, I ain't signing that. You do everything you can do. I'm going to pray. God's going to have his way. But we're going to do it. Listen, I come to you today to tell you this. Do what you can do. And pray. And trust that God will have his way. God is always, if it don't work out good for you, well, Pastor, what if I get coronavirus and die? Hallelujah. You ain't going to be stuck in traffic no more. Well, well, what if all my bills don't get paid and they repossess my car? Well, you ain't got to change the brakes on it in six months. I mean, can we trust God? We need to pray. We need to pray God is in control. Last thing I'm going to tell you, and and I heard somebody else say this. Lots of this I heard being said this week. But I I want to repeat this for you. And I want you to believe it. A child of God truly is indestructible until God says your time is up. You are indestructible, Christian, until God is through with you on this planet. Until God says it's your time, it's not your time. See, what God has for you is for you. And God's going to give you what he has for you. God has a predetermined path laid out for you, and you just need to get busy about walking it. Get on the good foot with the Lord. And step out in your faith and start believing the word of the Lord. Believe this book more than you believe the hysteria of panicking people around the world. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts was being led in chains to die. And he was telling believers, you won't see my face again. This is it for me. He said, but even as I go bound, he said, none of these things move me. This man walked into the execution rack. 
He said, none of these things move me, neither do I count my life dear to me. Because the only thing that mattered to me is that I finish the course that is laid out before me with joy. So trade in your fear for joy. Trade in your fear for faith. Realize it's a wake-up call to believers everywhere. Do you realize that if the church people on this planet would wake up and say, we're not going to bicker anymore, we're not going to fuss and fight anymore, we're not going to divide on politics and race anymore, we're not going to divide on rich and poor anymore, we're all going to stand together, arm in arm, hand in hand, faith in faith, and cry out to the one true and living God and, and ask Him to be our present help in time of trouble as he said he would be do you realize we would change the world I just don't believe that God will hear me he said he will hear you believe in the word of the Lord I want to pray over you today we're not going to have a time where you come up here today listen if you're not saved get saved you don't have to walk and I'll shake my hand. The Bible says that if, you, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he will save you if you'll call on his name. Ask God to save you and he'll do it if you're not saved. If you are here and you are saved, I want you to wake up. Say wake up. Wake up. Wake up and start being all that God wants you to be. Wake up and pray more than you worry. Wake up and pray in everything. I want to pray over you, and I'm going to ask God to strengthen our desire and our faith to turn to Him, not just on good days and not just on bad days, but on every day. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. God, we love you, and we recognize you as sovereign King, Creator, Lord over everything. And God, even though I stretch my hand toward this congregation, God, I pray now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would take fear from your people replace it with strong faith God I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and give us a faith that would not be moved God I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and give us a desire and a sense of urgency to pray God I pray you'd raise up people who would be prayer warriors in this place not just so they could say it God but so they could really be it God I pray that you would give us an urgency to pray for those in our homes and those outside our homes to pray for our families God and our friends Lord and pray for our nation Father God now in Jesus name I ask you Lord to let the church of Jesus Christ wake up and fall on our knees in prayer to you, God. I pray that you would inspire us for this time, God, to, for, for this season, God, to be your hands and feet on this earth and to go forth from this place filled with courage in you that you have a plan for us and nothing can stop your plan, God. We believe this, we accept it, and it is our confession in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.